You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, troops, let's continue the discussion with Mike Rutherford of CardChronicle.com, the host of the Mike Rutherford Show. He's joining us at GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest line, the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Mike, we were discussing UConn, their first loss of the season, and now the game tonight against Providence. Uh, Give us your thoughts on that matchup. It it feels like a a spot potentially for a bounce back for UConn, but Providence usually good at home in these kind of spots within the conference. What do you think about this game tonight? I'm not really sure why everybody's freaking out about UConn. Uh, And maybe they aren't. I think some people are – uh, not indicative of what the the rest of the country is doing. But a 10-point loss to Xavier is not the biggest deal in the world, especially when you take into account it was UConn's statistically worst defensive and offensive performance of the season, and they still were right there in the closing minutes. Uh, Dan Hurley gets mm-hmm. a ridiculous technical foul. You cannot do that in the closing minutes. Uh, they, they did not make the plays late, to, but they, they, they were right there. They had a shot to win with two minutes to go, and it's a Xavier team that has been very good under Sean Miller. Providence this year, I mean, it's a – Totally new roster. Um, I think Ed Cooley's done a terrific job at making them relevant again. Uh, I'm not sure that they're going to be Big East Championship good again like they were a year ago, but 4-0 start is awfully impressive. They had a, a good win over Marquette a couple weeks ago. I know it was in double overtime, but they have not played the class of the Big East just yet, so I feel like this is a good spot for UConn to bounce back. They're going to have to do it with defense. It's a, it's a Providence team that can still score in droves. Noah Locke can shoot it. Bryce Hopkins, the Kentucky transfer, uh, has been very productive in the paint. But I, I like UConn in the spot. Um, I think that this is a, a big-time bounce back for them. I think they look impressive tonight, and they win handily. Yeah, you know, Xavier was expected to be in that game, and they were. it was a close one throughout, and then the free-throw disparity. Big surprise, Hurley is upset about something. Um, that, that report was interesting the other day, though. Like, if you have a UConn ticket, are you, you think in the back of my, your mind, like, man, you know, the refs are out to get them about that they have had it. I, I can't believe that was even put out there, though. I mean, you are supposed to call it right down the middle, and refs are, are you know, whispering to, to media members with large followings that we've had it with this guy. We cannot stand this head coach. It's the it's the Hurley factor, man. You know they, they're going at some point they're going to rub off on you a little bit, and uh, whether it's Bobby or Dan or, or uh, the, yeah. you know, the, the the father there, it's kind of it's, it's a reputation they have it for a reason. But it was sort of you're not supposed to say that part out loud, right? Like you know it was very <laughs> odd to hear them come right out and be like, yeah, we're not putting up with it anymore. We're not going to deal with this guy. And if you're Danny Hurley. I think you still have to know that you have a reputation in those situations. Maybe there's going to be a quicker trigger for a guy like you with two minutes to go in a tight game than there would be for even Sean Miller, who maybe has – he's not exactly the coolest of heads, but maybe he's – 
he's not going to get the same type of treatment that you get in the final minutes. I, I'm, I'm with you. It was a little bit surprising to hear it come out like that, but not surprising to see a Hurley lose their mind in the closing minutes of a close game. <laughs> we were just talking about, you know, teams that maybe we don't quite trust, whether it's Purdue or for me, it's Gonzaga. I don't, I can't do the Gonzaga thing again this year, but maybe Houston for you. Uh, if you look at maybe the top 10 teams, um, in your opinion, are there a couple that maybe are just not sold on yet? I still think, I mean, they're top 10 in Ken Palm, but Texas, especially after giving up 116 points last night to Kansas State, I thought was a yeah. odd performance. I mean, Marcus Carr has been tremendous so far this season. I love the backcourt that they have with Tyrese Hunter, but you throw in the Chris Beard thing, you, you throw in the fact that they do seem to be lax defensively at times. I'm not sure about them long term. I mean, Kansas State last night was was tremendous. They scored 58 points and a half. When they lost to Texas last season, they didn't score 58 points in that entire game. Uh, Jerome Tang has been has done a remarkable job. They're a good story in their own right. Uh, he's a first-year head coach that takes over a team that was dreadful last season, makes them not just you know relevant, but makes them good this year. Plus, they've got Keontae Johnson, who had the scary incident at Florida a couple of years ago. I think people are going to start latching on to that Kansas State story. But the performance to me last night was more about Texas you can't give up 116 to anybody, let alone a Kansas State team that has been good but shouldn't be dropping 116 on you. And then I think the last time that I was on with you guys, I mentioned I'm still a little bit hesitant to fall in love with Alabama just because of that style. I, I love Nate Oates. I, I think he's one of the younger shining stars in the coaching circles for a reason. But when you play the way that he plays – you leave yourself open to lose to inferior opponents, and that's always going to be the case. Um, do we really trust Javon Quinterly to be a consistent performer for an entire season? I know he's had 34 years in college basketball at this point, but he's been up and down for 33 of them. So uh, let, let's see him play a full season and be consistent before we really fall in love with that team. So those are two that stand out to me where I'm like, yeah, I, I like a lot of things that, that they do well when they're playing well, but big picture, I'm, I'm still hesitant to buy. Mike, a game tonight, it feels like the line is a little heavy. Maybe, maybe you agree or disagree. TCU at Baylor. I mean, this TCU team could score. That backcourt's really good. Uh, when those two guards play, they're, they're undefeated. Uh, they're at Baylor. TCU is a six-and-a-half-point dog. What do you think about this matchup tonight? It's interesting. TCU has been – they got a lot of hype last season, I think, because of the way that they played down the stretch um, and because of how much they return, especially in an era in college basketball where you're not used to seeing, you know, Three starters return from good teams. They're bringing back just about everybody from a team that uh, you know almost beat Arizona in the NCAA tournament last season. They seem to be coming around a little bit recently, but it's hard to tell because their schedule has been so light. They beat Iowa at the end of November, which is, is now a win that means next to nothing. Uh, they beat the Providence team that we're talking about a little bit earlier, which is looking a little bit better now. And then more recently was their, their last time out on New Year's Eve was their best one of the season when they took down Texas Tech. I still don't know exactly what to think about this TCU team, but I'm with you in that six points seems like a lot to a Baylor team that has been, you know, okay, not not great. The Gonzaga win, talking about wins that haven't aged all that gracefully, doesn't look quite as impressive as maybe you thought it would have been going into the season. And then they their most recent outing was a really, really bad look against, uh, against Iowa State, I believe they lost by 15. I'm with you. I, I think this looks like a good spot for TCU 
to potentially not just cover those six points, but, uh, but, but win this game outright. I still think – I'm in on TCU. We know what they did last season. I think we just haven't seen it against quality competition because they haven't played quality competition. And they're peaking mm-hmm. um, going into the calendar year, whereas Baylor seems to be on a little bit of a downturn going into the cal- new calendar year. Uh, We were talking about how it does seem like the theme for the night is some good teams coming off losses, and Arkansas is another one of them. Uh, The point spread is 7.5 going against Mizzou, who they've had some quality opponents of late, and uh, they've impressed. Their only loss on the year to Kansas. Uh, So what do you think about this uh, Arkansas number of 7.5? It seems large. I mean, I I know Missouri is red hot right now. Kobe Brown might be the hottest player in college basketball. Uh, you know, what he did against Illinois and Kentucky is pretty phenomenal. He, he, was, he was remarkable in both those games. I love what Dennis Gates is doing at Missouri. And he was a hire that kind of drew some criticism. When, when, when Mizzou announced that he was going to be the guy, there were a lot of people who thought, you're Missouri, you can get a bigger name. This is a program that cares about college basketball. Um, maybe invest in trying to get a, a bigger guy out there. And he overhauled the roster almost completely brought in a bunch of transfers that maybe weren't the most well-known names in college basketball. And if you've watched Missouri play this year, they play insanely hard. Like, like it, it is all effort for them. Um, I think that they're extremely fun to watch. Are Am I buying them long-term? Do I think they're as good as maybe their 12-1 and record would indicate? I don't think so. I think that they're, they're not as bad as they looked in that near 30-point loss to, to Kansas. But they did – the, the lack of athleticism, I think, was was on full display in there. Like, they they play hard. They clearly buy into the coach's system. But there is a talent disparity when they go against teams like Kansas. I think there will, there will be a talent disparity tonight when they go against a team like mm-hmm. Arkansas. And, and so, while I love what Missouri has done this season, I kind of like Arkansas to cover that number. They're just better. <laughs> they, they, they just they have dudes. They've got a bunch of guys who are going to be – NBA draft picks coming up in a month. And I think at the end of the day, that that wins out tonight. I think they can flex on Missouri a little bit. I love it. What about Auburn at Georgia? Both these teams have had a week off, so they should be well rested. And I think you could say both are stronger defensively than offensively, especially Auburn. The total is 136 and a half. Curious what you like here. Auburn um, minus seven and a half point favorites on BetMGM. Yeah, Auburn defensively has been really good this year. Offensively, there's still, I think, a little bit of a work in progress. I love that the the transfer they got, Janai Broom, uh, who made the move over from the Ohio Valley last season. He's a really big interior presence. Georgia, I'm still kind of, I, I guess, a mystery in their first year under Mike White. Who, Speaking of hires who were not popular in the offseason, uh, Mike White to Georgia was not met with rousing applause by just about anybody, including Georgia fans. But he's done a, a, a fair enough job making them somewhat relevant. 10-3 and three is certainly a respectable record as they head into the heart of conference play right now. Um, I, I think Auburn is talking about just having more dudes. Auburn just has the players in, in this situation. I think that they are a legit NCAA tournament contender. I think they can be a player in the SEC. I'm not sold on Georgia being relevant. They, they, they were really, really bad last year. They, they were really bad the last couple of years. And while I think that they look better this season – I still don't think they're in a position where they're going to be having a winning conference record or anything like that. I like Auburn tonight. I think they get the job done um, relatively handily. 
All right, there's a couple teams here, Mike, on the show that we're starting to like. Uh, our producer, Paul Aspen, is big on West Virginia. And, and I've started to like this uh, Shaka Smart Marquette team a lot as we move forward in the season. Of those two teams, which one do you like better? And who do you think is going to become a more dangerous team as you know we get close to March Madness, assuming they're both the kind of teams that will be there? I love Marquette. Like I, I love Marquette. I think that we all just kind of assume that Shaka Smart forgot to coach. And, and the reality is he went to a place in Texas where – he had a decent amount of success, just not as much success as that job would demands because they're paying you a ton of money. You've got a ton of boosters there. And it's a place where not a lot of people have had a whole lot of success recently. The man still has a system that works. And I think now he's got the players at Marquette that can make it work. They had the, the previously mentioned double overtime loss to Providence, which was a little bit of a surprise. But I still think like, this is a team that is going to be better than we all thought they were going to be going into the season. And I don't think that that's going to go away. Um, they've got a little bit of, of a size issue. Um, I, I think that will be a concern when you talk about NCAA tournament matchups, but I love their style of play. They're one of the best offensive teams in the entire country. They play at that. It's not quite the old havoc style that he was, he became famous for at VCU, but they do play at a little bit of a breakneck tempo on offense. Um, they, they, Love to get up and down. They take good shots, though. Um, they're really, really solid when it comes to, to, I think, getting the right looks inside the arc. I like Marquette big picture. I, I think that you know, they're going to be right there in what looks like an open Big East. I don't think they're going to win the conference, but I think they'll be right there as far as being a, a top four team in that league, which typically translates into being a, a top six seed in the NCAA tournament. I think that they're going to have – I don't think this is a fluke. I think they're going to be good for the duration of this year. Mike, uh, there are a number of teams at the very top right now that we're not expected to be there. Maybe they've moved up a tier or two. So with that, teams kind of slide down. Maybe that had higher expectations coming into the season. And you know, more, more time in the court together. Are, are there any teams that are lurking, that are sliding down, but you think they're going to be just fine in the next couple months? Um, I think Virginia, maybe. I know they're coming off of a loss to Pittsburgh last night uh, where they did not look overly good. And Jeff Capel's got Pitt at, at 4-0 in the ACC, I believe. But at this point, what has Tony Bennett done to earn any sort of distrust from the general college basketball public? Even when they've been down the, the last couple of years, they've been peaking at the right time. Take into account that team – in the COVID year in 2020, which was dreadful. Like up, up until this point in the season, they got hot at the end of February. They almost won another ACC title. And had that NCAA tournament been played, they would have been a trendy pick to be, I think, Sweet 16, Elite Eight good. Um, it's a Virginia team that has been better offensively than we're used to seeing, but maybe a slight step down defensively. But the ACC is – it's still ripe for the picking. You don't have great teams at the top of the conference and the middle of the league – is not terrific. I think that they can feast. When you look at their schedule coming up, um, I think that they can go on a, a lengthy run here if they can get by North Carolina at home next week. I, I think, it, look, Kia Clark, speaking of guys who've played 34 years of college basketball, he's still there. You trust him to run your <laughs> offense. Uh, Reese Beekman has been really, really good in recent years. Jaden Gardner. And then Armand Franklin, the addition from Indiana. They've got experience. They've got guys who have won at this level before. I don't think there's any reason to jump off the Virginia bandwagon just yet because they've got three losses and a loss to a pit team that nobody thought was going to be as good as maybe they look like they can be this season in conference play. Great stuff, Mike. We appreciate you hopping on. Always do. And uh, we'll have you on again uh, very soon here. That was Mike Rutherford on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. 
The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America.